Hi, I'm Anthony Sharon, pastor of First Assembly of God of Greater Lansing, better known as GL First. I hope this message connects you to God's Word and His vision for your life. You can find out more about us at glfirst.org. Thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. Happy Valentine's Day. Yes. I'm in love. Did you guys know that? It is. And no, it's not myself. I'm not in love with myself. Some people spread rumors. It's not, it's not the case. I, I have a wife. I'm in love with her. I have five beautiful children. And uh, happy Valentine's Day to you, babe. When I look online, I better see a whole bunch of gushy stuff for me, too. (laughs) Just saying, the bar has been set. Oh, we are week three of mindset. Mindset. Got to get this thing right. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to get right. Got to get right. You know, I'm telling you, man, you got to get this thing right. It doesn't just happen. You have to be intentional with it. You have to be intentional with it. How many of you guys uh, believe in Jesus? Okay, we got, a, we got a good majority. Online, you guys believe in Jesus out there? Well, it's okay if you're just searching. I'm just asking, I'm asking you to make a uh, little public declaration is all. Determine the relationship. What do they call it? PDR? Public determination. I don't know. Anyways, here's my question. Um, so we we had Pierce on the uh, on the screen, and he's a, he's a, one of our missionaries. Pierce is a is a good friend of mine. He used to have a really cool mustache, but uh, apparently marriage has changed him too. I get it. I get it. I totally understand. Um, so my question is this. Uh, can we do what he does? Because have you ever looked at a missionary and asked them what they do? Have you ever, how many of you guys have sat down with missionaries and just said, what do you do? What do you do? Like, how are you so effective? And I started getting this train of thought and uh, I, I started thinking about this and, and I started kind of going, okay, what is our mindset when it comes to the mission of Christ, are we in a church mindset or are we in a missionary mindset? Now, maybe you don't understand or you're not following me. Maybe in your mind, these are the same things, okay? But I can tell you right now that what Pierce does is very different than what we do. Very different. And, and I, the thing that I struggle with as a pastor, as a man, as somebody who loves Jesus, I struggle with the idea that there are two different mentalities when it comes to serving Christ, a missionary mentality and a church mentality. Because this is what happens in church. We come in, we sit, we listen, we leave. Missionaries don't do that. See, churches rely on people coming through our front doors. Missionaries don't do that. Missionaries go through their front doors. Now, I see a lot of people in our church um, who have this mentality and they do this. But I'm talking about the big C, church. 
Church in America is very different than being a missionary. And I don't know, I, I don't know if that should be the case. I don't know if that should be the case. So I'm going to go through a little bit of scripture and, and look up what it is that God's mission is for us. And, and maybe by the end of this, you'll go, you know what? My mentality should be one like Pierce. That I want to go and reach people. And here's the reality. I believe God has already given you a mission field. I believe he's already given you a mission field. How many of you guys have friends? How many of you guys have relatives? How many of you have kids? If you have kids, that's all the mission field you need. Trust me, that is it. That takes up all of, that, that monopolizes your mission's work and funds. Okay? You already have a mission's field. Look at your neighbor and say this real quick. Say, I'm a missionary. Look at your other neighbor and say, no, seriously, I'm a missionary. <laughs> now look back at your first neighbor and say, give me some money now. No, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. I believe that God promises to walk this thing called life out with us. But there's a difference between him um, walking it with us and us walking it with him. I believe that uh, we have a couple different mindsets when it comes to just us. Sometimes we try to fit God into our plans. We say, okay, I, Lord, I want to do this. Man, I see this in young people all the time. Young people, they, man, they are dead set on doing something. Man, you know what? I, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And I said, what, did, did you ask God what he wanted you to do? And I don't know if there's this fear that God wants to strip you of your identity, to take all this stuff away from you and go, no, 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 no. I'm going to make you do this. Because we always joke in church like, oh, don't, don't tell God you don't want to go because that's the place he'll make you go. That's not true. I don't believe that about God. I really don't. I believe, I'm going to tell you this right now. God has blessed me so much that every place I wanted to go, he sent me there. He sent me there. I am here because I wanted to be here and the Lord opened the door. I didn't. The Lord did. Why? Because I simply said, you know what, Lord? I'm going to be a part of your plan instead of making you a part of my plan. I'm not going to try to fit you into my life. I'm going to try to take my little life and fit it into your huge plan. See, there's a big difference there. There's a big difference there. And I believe that God is not here to strip all of the things that he has gifted you with to tear you apart. He's there to help you. And my word says that the lower I go, the higher he will lift me up. He will exalt me. He will bring me forth. Do you believe that this morning? I believe that. Once we feel what God feels, especially for his lost people, 
I believe that it's very easy for us to have the compassion, the empathy, the, the love for people to partner with him and start to reach the people that we can. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of some of the myths today, hopefully, and, and hopefully just free you to be who God has made you to be so that you can begin to live your life and by doing so, bring people with you into this fold or faith. Amen? All right. I'm not going to talk your ears off here. Let's pray real quick, and let's get down to business, or as they used to say, business. Prayer. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, there are many in our world, and even in our community, even around us, that often we don't have eyes to see. We don't have a heart to feel. So, Father, I pray that you would... Open up our eyes spiritually to this world, to our communities, to our neighbors. I pray that you would help our hearts to expand in a way that it would include those that are around us. Would you use me to teach those that are watching online, those that are here right now? Help us. Help us to to be able to reach and teach and, and love those people around us. I pray that you help me get out of my comfort zone so that you can use me in a mighty way. I pray that, that we as a church would be comfortable with being uncomfortable so that we can be stretched for you, God. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So what do we say? We said we're in week three of mindset. First week we talked about um, focusing on the good instead of the negative. You have a lot more good happening to you than you do bad. Do you guys agree with that? In, a, in, a, in, in any given time, you have a lot more good than you do bad. Okay, we talked about having an accountability partner. Anybody pick up an accountability partner lately? I'm not really liking my accountability partner right now. Now, I love you. I just don't like you right now because I'm a little sore. I woke up sore today. Okay, why? Because I am in week two of working out at like 4.30 in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Soak it up. I'm telling you, man, this is no joke. <laughs> I am, my body hurts. And, and I was like, why? And it's like, duh, because you keep waking up and working out, okay? But I got to say, man, I feel good. I feel good. Um, I've been falling asleep regularly like I'm supposed to, uh, not staying up for days and days and days and all this stuff. But um, you need an accountability partner. You need somebody next to you that wants to see you win. If, if you got people around you that are jealous of, of you winning in life, then you need to get new people. That's on you. That's your responsibility, okay? You need to get people, surround yourself with people that want to see you win. When you call and they, they want to celebrate with you, when you're messing up, they talk 
to you directly and say, you can't do that. You can't, if you want to get here, you can't do this. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Do you have people in your life that want to see you win? Last week we talked about uh, Christ. I think I talked about uh, having a flat tire for some reason and, and in my illustration. And do you know that I got a flat tire this week? I was like, oh, okay, hold up. Let me pray about it before I try to fix it. I did. I did. And I fixed it. I got two new tires anyways, blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you, man, the Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. God wants to see you succeed. He wants to see you win. I'm going to tell you this right now. The person holding you back isn't Jesus. It's you. Is that okay to say? There's nobody else holding you back but you. You. You control that. Control what you can, let the rest go, and begin to walk in the power that resides inside of you. Here's the thing. Today we're talking about our mission, our mission in life. Not just missions, but our mission in life. Okay, do you have a mission? Are you on point? Do you wake up intentional? Do you wake up going, you know what? I got to accomplish this today, and this is why I need to accomplish this today. So it leads to accomplishing my mission. See, a lot of times we have goals, but we don't attach those goals to our mission in life. The mission is the why. Why? If you don't understand why you're doing something, you're never going to complete it. You're never going to see through it. You're never going to see to it that it is completed. So let me ask you this. And this is, this is a... This is a uh, I'm just going to ask it. What's more important to you? Having someone around you that acts like they know Christ or having someone around you that actually knows Christ? Oh, that, yeah, that's cliche. But the evidence really isn't in the words. It's in how we react and treat people. Let that sit in for a second. That's going to play going forward. And then the next question is this, do you want to partner with God in his mission or do you want God to partner with you in your mission? Those two, they actually do connect and hopefully by the end of this, you'll see the connection, okay? Our discussion on our mission, it has to start with God's mission. So what is God's mission? There are many different mentions of God's mission uh, in the Bible, Okay, but one of the clearest references comes in uh, Habakkuk. All right, so why don't you go ahead and open up your Bibles to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. I'll read it for you. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. As the waters cover the sea, we clearly see in this verse that God's mission is this, that the entire earth, the whole world would know about God's glory, would know about God's glory. How do we know what God's glory is like? 
I believe we know what its glory is like is simply by knowing God himself through his son, Jesus Christ. So now that we know what our mission is, let's talk a little bit about how God intends to accomplish it. And we find this in Matthew 28. Matthew 28, which I believe is the last uh, chapter in the book of Matthew. So go ahead and open up to that. We're going to start with verse 19. And it says this, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all commands that I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even in the end of the age. Now, within this statement, Jesus tells us three different things in particular, guiding us as we focus on our call to reach the world. The first of this is is this, where do we go? Where to go? There seems to be this popular misconception uh, in the Christian world that the only mission field is overseas. How many of you guys know that there are people right around here that are in need of knowing Jesus? There are people maybe in your own household, maybe at your work. There are people right here who need to know Jesus. You don't have to travel to a third world uh, country. We have people that do that, that feel called to do that. And you know how they're effective? They're not effective by bringing a whole bunch of people over to that country. They're effective by teaching and training up people in that country to take the mantle and begin to love their neighbors. Look at Acts 1.8. And it says this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You see, in this verse, Jesus shows us an important principle of starting from within. Starting from within and then working your way out. See, this comes back to this question of do we want people to act like they know Jesus or do we want people to actually know Jesus? Because I'm going to tell you how we react when we just want people to act like they know him. We get very, very tough on people and start, no, you got to act like this. You got to be this, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. But the reality is, is that it starts within and works its way out. Now, If it starts within, who does it start within with? Well, it starts with you. Before you can ever go and talk to somebody else, we need to make sure that we are right within ourselves. Jesus shows us this this important thing. See, basically, in essence, we have to be people who understand the importance of God's mission right here in our community, in our homes, at work, in our grocery stores, in, inside of our, ourselves. We tend to think of success as kind of working your way from the bottom to the top. But Jesus is showing us a different way. He's saying, you know, no, no, it starts with this. It starts 
from inside and it works its way out. Success in marriage begins with you, not the other person. Success in parenting begins with you, not your kids. Success in, at work begins with you, not your boss, not your coworkers. See, a lot of times we put this onus on other people on how they act. But I'm going to tell you this right now. My wife and I, we used to, uh, we used to fight all the time. I mean, we got together when we were 17. And it wasn't until we began to know Christ and we stopped pointing the finger at each other and saying, you know what, if you just do this, if you would just act like this, well, if you would just stop doing this. And we started to look up. And when we started to look up, all of a sudden, God started to change our hearts individually. Individually. See, I don't believe I have the capacity to love without having Christ here in the middle of it. I don't believe I have a conscience without Christ. I believe that him working on me helps me to be a better husband, a better father, a better pastor, just a better man in general. My peace, it begins with the Holy Spirit working inside of me. And when I can have this peace, I'm not driven by outside circumstances. I'm not driven by how my kids act. I'm not driven by how my wife acts. I'm not driven by how my coworkers act. I'm driven by the love that is birthed inside of my heart. That's what working from the inside out really, truly means. For some of us, the main thing in the way of that happening is our availability and our obedience in walking with Christ. I believe that when we have the Holy Spirit driving our our motives, driving our our compassion, driving our heart, then we we have to be obedient to the promptings that God has given us. Well, I want you to do this. No, I'm not doing that, Lord. How many of you guys ever told God no? Do you know that you don't ruin God's plans? If you tell God no, do you know what he does? He goes and gets somebody else more, more than likely. You know? How many times have you, uh, I was talking with uh, somebody this week, and, and I said, you know, the Lord just really prompted me to do this. And I know it sounds totally unorthodox, And uh, she said back to me, she goes, you know, if the Lord told you to do it, you just need to do it. Because every time the Lord tells me to do something and I wait or I don't do it, then I get confirmation pretty quickly that that was the wrong thing to do. I've, I've had promptings to text people. And I went to go text them and I said, and then something else distracted me. And I kid you not. The next time I heard from that person, they had passed away. That has happened to me more than once. I'm telling you, man, the Lord prompts you, and we have to be obedient. And it's not just okay to be obedient when you're ready to be. Like, you have to be instantly obedient. It's kind of like my kids when I say, go clean your room. And they say, well, I'll clean my room next week. But I don't know. Is that obedience? I mean, they, they, they said they're going to do it. 
but did they listen right now? See, when we start to become a part of God's plan, all of a sudden we are part of a bigger picture, okay? And, and it's kind of like if I tell my kids to pick up the living room and they say, well, why? We don't need to. And they wait and they wait and they wait. They don't see the bigger picture. They don't see that maybe I got company coming over. Maybe I put the house up for sale and I needed to sell it and, and, and the dirty living room is going to knock down my price. You have no idea. It's not really going to happen. That's a little extreme, but you get the point. I believe that my heavenly father has a bigger picture in mind and it's not always up to me to worry about what that looks like. It's up to me to be obedient in this moment, in this moment. The next part of Jesus' statement is in uh, Matthew 28, and it says this, basically, what to say or teach, because it says what, teach them, right? So what do we say? When do we say something? How do we say something? How are we supposed to teach those around us? Well, the first thing is, right, we learn in step one is it starts within, it starts within. Can I just say this real quick? This is a disclaimer. You're never going to have the right thing to say on your own and in your own power. When you need to speak into somebody's life, I believe that only comes from the Holy Spirit. I believe it can only come from the Holy Spirit because if it comes from me, nine times out of 10, I'll say, even say this, 99 out of 10 or 99.9 out of 100 I'm wrong because I make assumptions that aren't really important to the situation or the circumstance. But the Holy Spirit lives inside of them who lives inside of me and can communicate what to say, what to teach. The call to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ involves not only the act of going to people or being around people, but it, it also has the act of teaching and in this scripture, it says even baptizing, right? Now, I know that in some denominations, some faiths, um, people try to baptize kids and babies. We, we don't do that. We believe that it has to be your choice. You have to be able to make the conscious choice to serve Christ, until that time comes, you have a covering. So what we do is we dedicate children to Christ, saying, hey, this is, this is my dedication. Not, and it's really not even for the kids. It's for the parents and everybody around these kids to go, man, I am determined to teach this child the way to go. Now, I will say this. AJ, Courtney, if those two kids are the only people you ever teach about God, about the way to go in Jesus, I will say this, and this is a pretty bold statement, but that's enough. That's enough. And mathematically, that would work. Did you guys know that? Mathematically, if everybody said, hey, you know what? I'm only going to reach two people. I'm just going to reach two people. Most of you got more than two kids. Me? That's two out of five. That's pretty good odds, right? Like, I'm only going to reach two people, <laughs> and I got five sitting in there. Well, 
Three of you got to figure it out on your own. Should have came to church when I told you to come to church. Now you're missing out. But if I only reach two people and I teach them and I take years to train them up and then I send them out and I say, you go reach two people and then you go reach two people and then you go reach two people and you go reach two people. Somehow mathematically, do you know that it works out in like 32 years the whole world would be saved? I'm, 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 that's an ar- arbitrary. <laughs> do the math. I don't, I, I'm not doing the math, okay, in my head that quick. But I think somewhere it, between 32, let's say it took 64. Let's say that I was half wrong, right? And it took 64. That's pretty good. We get it stuck in our minds that we've got to go out there and teach every single person that we meet, that we get face to face with, that we don't even know this person, but I got to tell them how to act. You don't have to do that because if it starts within from you, then it's got to start within from them. Are you anybody's accountability partner? Has anybody come up to you and said, hey, will you be my accountability partner? Will you help me read through this Bible? Will you help me live this Bible out? Will you help me be healthy, mind, body, spirit? Will you help me be healthy in my marriage? Will you help me be healthy with my, my finances? If you've got an accountability partner, maybe, maybe now it's time to start passing that on to somebody else and being available to be somebody else's accountability partner. Isaiah, I got you. Because you know I'm, I'm, I don't hold my tongue, right? <laughs> Like, man, I can't stand that dude. <laughs> He's always telling me stuff. People are a lot more receptive to anything that you tell them if they know that you love them first. Okay? And, and here's the reality. It takes, a, it takes a while for people to know you love them, man. It takes a while. So you can't go out and, and, and it's not your responsibility to fill an entire church. It's not your responsibility to have this huge following. Man, it's your responsibility to be receptive to the Holy Spirit and open to talk to people when the opportunity comes. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. What, what time is it? Yeah, I, I'll give you a quick example. My sister um, had two kids, and I remember her being pregnant for the second kid, and I remember just the shock on her face. I'm not going to tell you which sister. Do I got multiple sisters with two kids? Anyways, it doesn't matter. And I remember the, the, the shock on her face and her calling me. And, and initially, I wanted to be like, man, what are you doing? What are you, I can't, because, because I, 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 I was more like a parent to my sister, okay? And, and I wanted to say all these things and correct all these things on the spot. And I remember the prompting of the Holy Spirit to say, she already knows all these things. It's your job now to love her. To love her through this 
And I did. I swallowed all my pride. I swallowed all my, my intellect, my knowledge. And I relied on the wisdom of the Lord. And I said, okay, I will do this. And I said, congratulations. Whatever you need, I got you. Got you. Whatever you need. Whatever you need, I have you. You never even have to ask. Just come and take it. And I will give it to you willingly, gladly. And through this, I remember one day she came up to me and she just started asking questions. She started asking questions. It wasn't me throwing anything down anybody's throat. It wasn't me saying, you got to act like this. You got to be like this. It was just me being open and available. Asking her, what does it mean when the Holy Spirit is this? What does it mean when all this? And we got to sit there and have a genuine heart-to-heart conversation about Jesus. And I never thought it would happen, honestly. I never did. And it wouldn't have happened in my power. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, man, God begins to prompt the people that you're with. Let's go back to uh, what I was saying here. John chapter 13, verse 34. It says this, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. That's kind of deep. Are you modeling this in your daily life? Think about this, man. If you do nothing else today, write this verse down. It's Valentine's Day. Stick it on your refrigerator. Stick it on your phone. Make it your, your uh, little cover sheet or whatever on your phone, okay? And every time you answer your phone, even if it's a bill collector, read John 13, 34 first. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. So nice, he said it twice. And then you answer the phone and go, hello, with a smile. Instead of, what do you want? <laughs> Who it is? Wrong number. We need to act this love out in our daily walk. In everything that you do. How many of you guys, man, imagine this. Imagine this. What if you read this verse before you got on Facebook? Then I'm telling you, a lot of these posts. Matter of fact, why don't we make this declaration that, man, on Facebook, we won't say none of this negative garbage no more because you ain't helping nobody. You ain't helping nobody, man. Read this verse before you post. I'm going to, matter of fact, if you think yourself a little too high and you think that you're changing people's minds by what you're posting, you should have ran for office and you didn't, and you didn't win. Just saying, amen. Amen. Remember that. I know who said amen. I'm watching you. I'm just kidding. I'm not watching you. I don't get on there. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, number three, let's do this. He is with us always. You got to remember this. I feel like I'm yelling. Am I yelling? It's all good. It's for you, Mr. Bondi. 
Shout out to your mom. Hi, Sally. All right. From the very beginning of time, God's intention was to be as close to his people as possible. In Genesis chapter 3, sin acted as a separating factor, right? However, here in this verse, as the entire gospel of Matthew comes to a close, Jesus makes the promise that he will always be with you. He will be with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. No matter where we go, what we do, whom God calls us to, he will be with us. I think that's so vital. I think that's so vital. This past year has been a test of my faith. It's tested me as a pastor. It's tested me as a father. It's tested me as a husband. I remember about this time last year, I, I went home. It was about a couple weeks ago. I went home and I get this text and it was on Pro Bowl Sunday. It said Kobe died. I'm like, man, quit, click. And then I turn on the news. They interrupted the Pro Bowl and said Kobe died. I'm like, wow. And then I remember saying something stupid. In hindsight, it was really stupid. I said, oh, man, I don't think this year can get any worse. Like I said that in my mind. I didn't say it out loud to nobody. I'm saying it out loud to you guys now. But in my mind, I was like, man, this is like the biggest death since Elvis, right? Or Kennedy or something like that. I mean, this is a huge death. And I'm like, it can't get any worse than this, right? And then a couple weeks later, the whole world shut down. I'm like, how am I supposed to be a pastor in a shut down church? How am I supposed to be a, an employer of, of employees? How am I supposed to uh, be a dad? How am, I, how am I supposed to be a teacher? And I'm not a teacher, but apparently I was a teacher, just like every parent is a teacher now. So I'm supposed to be a teacher. I'm supposed to, how am I supposed to go grocery shopping when you're not allowed to go outside? All these things. I'm just like, wow, man. And you know what happens in these moments when you're tested with your faith? Sometimes you can stop and it paralyzes you. It paralyzes you. The fear, the doubt, all of these things paralyze you and it keeps you stuck in a place. It keeps you stuck in a mindset. And when you're stuck in that mindset, I'm going to tell you right now, man, you're not winning. Jesus ain't winning with your life. It's Satan winning. It's the enemy going, you know what, man? Finally, we stopped that person. It's the worst thing you can do. But I realize as I started to read, pray, study, because last year I envisioned things to be so much different than they were. I mean, I envisioned things to be rocking in here. I imagined us having worship where the windows would start rattling and stuff, and, and we would just be like, yes! Now we can't even touch each other. I used to be a hugger. Not anymore. That affects me. The craziest year. And I started to realize something, and I started to... to just allow God to minister to me. And then I realized, hey, he's there with me. He's always been there with me. And throughout this year, do you know that this was not the first baby we dedicated throughout this pandemic? That's, that's a blessing. 
that, that we, we were able to open again, that, that not only open again, but we were able to expand our staff through a pandemic. When places are shutting down, some of my favorite eateries are shut down. But we were able to expand. I just, I just refuse to stand still, to be used by the enemy. I refuse to forget that God has been with us through every single up and every single down and everything in between. And I believe that he'll give you the power to speak to the people around you, to be that missionary inside your home, to be that missionary at work. I believe his fingerprints are all over your life if you just look. And I'm so glad that I realized something real big. That throughout all of this garbage and pandemic, that God's mission still includes me. And it still includes you. Let's close our eyes and pray for a minute. Throughout this series, I've been hoping and praying that you've been able to see the importance of your mindset, the things you think about, how you walk your daily life, how you think about your life. When we lose focus on the things that really matter, I believe that we will slowly but surely start to walk away from Christ. We will start to walk towards our fleshly desires, the things we want to see, the things that are in all sense of the the, the word, they're temporal. They would be temporal. Just like Peter, we sink into the sea when we take our eyes off of Christ. But I believe that Christ desires that we stay in a constant, growing relationship with him. So let me ask you as you bow your heads and close your eyes, what is currently in the way from you growing in Christ? And that's you online too. What is standing in your way of growing in Christ? Because you can't leave and you can't get out of the house. You can't come with people. And that that doesn't stop you from growing in Christ. It's times we start to flush the excuses. We start to look to Christ for solutions. What in your life is making you lose focus? What's trying to steal your mindset? finally who is God calling you to focus on today to advance his kingdom and his mission church I believe that if we learn to change our mindset to start to focus on Christ 
our rock, our redeemer, our counselor, our comforter, we will begin to see transformation and renewal in our lives that will flow out to those that are around us. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you grab hold of our minds in this place. Whatever is distracting us, whatever is taking uh, our focus off of you, off of your mission, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to see life, especially our life, through the filter of your eyes, your spirit. That before I do anything, I would remember what I'm on this earth for. Before I reply to anybody on email or Facebook, I would remember why I'm here on this planet. Before I answer the phone, I would remember that love that is instilled and lives inside of me. Before I speak to my kids, before I discipline my kids, before I speak joy and love into my kids, I would remember why I'm here, God. Before we have a staff meeting, before our staff picks up the phone and begins to call people, I pray that we will remember why we are here, God. Before we get in the car, before we flip on the TV, why are we here? What is the purpose of my life? Father, I thank you for guiding this place, this church, our hearts, our minds, and our footsteps. I thank you, Jesus. Thanks for joining us. I hope this message blessed you. Our goal is to connect you to God's people, God's word, and his mission for your life. You can find out more about us at glfirst.org. Again, that's glfirst.org. Hope to see you next week. God bless.